You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. So this morning, as we um, continue our talk, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this idea of breakthrough that we started last week. And I was encouraged by somebody in our church that after church um, pulled me aside and showed me something. And I was like, wow. I'm like, yes, this is this is absolutely right. This is what God's saying immediately connected with my heart. And I began to study it and look at it this week. And I'm like, look, we gotta, we got to talk about this, okay? And breakthrough is something that we're focusing on in these 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're also focusing on life and joy, renewed life and joy, and then also unmistakable direction. And these are all really important. you got to have life. you got to have joy. Joy in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because just flat out, you don't need to be grumpy and discouraged doing God's work. He wants you to be filled with his life and his joy, and he will replenish that. I promise you, he'll do it. But also, we have to have unmistakable direction to have the courage to step out into the calling that God has called us. Now, the idea of calling is unique, okay? And it's unique in this sense. God has called his body as a whole to display the the testimony of Jesus Christ. And so as a church, we're called to something, but also as individuals, you're called to something. There is something that God has specifically designed for you to do, to accomplish on the earth, and it's important. And I've seen this so many times in my life, is that I hear people talk about these things, but somehow there's a bit of a disconnect between understanding and walking these things out. And what God wants to do is to give us unmistakable direction. And unmistakable direction is the courage to begin to take steps of faith to do what God has called us to do. Because it takes courage to do what God's called you to do. Why? Because what God has called you to do is bigger than you. Anytime you look in the Bible at anybody that God has called, he's always called them beyond themselves. And he does it for a reason. Because he wants their hearts to be filled with the joy that nothing is impossible for him. And he wants it to be an unmistakable truth that it's him doing the good work. And this is why God calls us and he leads us. So we're praying for these things. But today, as we go and we continue to look at this idea of breakthrough, I want to um, just begin to express this idea of breakthrough uh, and, and flesh this out. In this way, is that breakthrough for us is this idea that God is breaking through in the areas of our life where maybe we felt some opposition or some struggle, that we understand that there might be something in the way, something that we've dealt with. It may not be an addiction. It could just be something mentally that we've hurdled. Maybe you've, you've struggled with fear or anxiety. Maybe you've struggled with um, a little bit of low self-esteem. Maybe you struggled in that area. Maybe you struggled in your understanding of the nature of God. And this is an area of breakthrough that we all have to have, which is the breakthrough of God's goodness, that he is good, that his promises are true, and that he is for us. And so we have to have breakthrough to begin to do the things that God has called us to do. And so understanding how God designs breakthrough for us from the Word of God is really important so that we can walk it out. And so today we're going to look at the same story that we looked at last week with Zechariah, but through a different, the lens of a different prophet. There's another narrative to this story, and it comes through the prophet Haggai. And Haggai was another prophet that God called and placed in 
Israel at the time to do a specific thing, to call the people of God to a specific work of rebuilding the temple. And so as we read through Haggai, there's only two chapters in Haggai, and I encourage you to read these through this week. It's, it's really easy to read through. What we're going to see is that God designed in and gave Haggai the voice of the Lord to begin to speak to the people for unmistakable breakthrough. And there's a couple of key things that God spoke through Haggai that we can get today. So here's what I want to do. Is I want to start in Haggai 1, and we're going to read 3 through 6. It says this, Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, it is, a time for, is it a time for you yourselves to be living in paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says, Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in your purse with holes in it. Here is what the word of the Lord is saying through Haggai to the people of Israel. And I need to give you a little bit of context here. Because here's where we see Israel sitting at this time. Is that Israel is actually in, in exile. The kingdoms of Israel have been split in two. They've been moved out. The temple has been destroyed by the Babylonians uh, a few decades before. And they're in exile, but the time God is choosing to move, he is calling his people out from exile back into Jerusalem. And he's giving the word of the Lord for them to begin to rebuild the temple. But here's what happens, is that the people actually get granted permission to go back into Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. But they kind of settle into this apathy. They begin to just kind of get lethargic. They face a little bit of opposition, but they begin to slow down to the tune of about almost a decade from the time God calls them to go and to rebuild the temple before they come to this moment that we just read. And here's what God's saying. He's saying, listen, you guys have been focusing on the things that you see through your natural eyes, and you're not listening to the thing that liberated you out of exile. You're not listening to the word of life that has the power to set you free. And as a result, you're not seeing any kind of fruit in what you're doing in your life. You're not seeing fruit in your prayer. You're not seeing fruit in your labor. You're not seeing fruit in your homes. You're not seeing fruit in your fields. You're not seeing fruit in your family. You're not seeing any kind of fruit. And here's the first thing that we see here is that God has an appropriate order. If you're taking notes, this is where I want you to start. God has an appropriate order. And this is the first thing that he says through the prophet Haggai to the people of Israel, to Zerubbabel, who we talked about last week. And he begins to start, and he says, listen, there is an appropriate order. God has an appropriate order. Why? Because we can't do life as normal when God calls us to the supernatural. God is calling every one of us to the supernatural. And here's all the supernatural means. Because some of you have fought with this in your hearts and in your minds. God, why can't I be normal? Why can't I just do normal life and do the things that you've called me to? And here is the answer. Because in order 
For God to call you to the supernatural, it's got to be the work of the Holy Spirit that is leading you, not your own strength and your own wisdom and your own power. That's what we talked about last week. Zechariah. That's what Zechariah said to Zerubbabel. God has an appropriate order. Our attempts to create order or breakthrough in our life apart from the Spirit of God will always fall short. This is what happened with Israel here. Is that they came back to the place where it was, it was home for them. And you can imagine the great peace that they felt by being back in Jerusalem and, and, and being able to say this is what we heard about and the smells we used to smell. And this is what we remember about what our ancestors told us about. But they settled in their heart to try to build it in their own strength. They settled into the normalcy of their own life and they forgot the supernatural word of God that called them into the thing that brought them liberation. And so when we're talking about breakthrough, the first thing we have to understand is that we've got to begin to line up with God's order. And here's what that means. This is what God asks of us. The same thing that he asks of Israel. And this is appropriate now that we're in this 21 days of prayer and fasting because it gives us a great time of introspection. How many of you guys have um, been to Jason's Deli this week? Anybody? It's crowded. It's crowded all the time there. Why? Because it's January, right? Everybody's eating healthy, right? How many of you have driven by the gym? It's packed out. They're running all their deals. Why do they do this this time of year? Because everybody's motivated and doing self-evaluation to say, this year, 2018, I'm going to do it. I'm going to lose 400 pounds and I'm going to lift 400 pounds. You know? I mean, it's just what we do as human beings, right? And so God brings us through these times. And this is one of those times where we get to say, God, we're willing to listen and receive the appropriate order that you're saying from heaven because we want to be drawn by the Spirit. And we want to be led by your calling. And we want to listen to what you're saying because in that place there is life. And so God draws out this comparison. And he looks at him and says, listen, I'm not mad at you, but you stepped out into something and it's not yielding you any kind of fruit. It's not yielding you any kind of fruit because you can't accomplish the calling of God in your own ability. You've got to lean into the Holy Spirit. You've got to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So this is what it looks like. When we begin to accept the appropriate order of God, the first thing that we do is we allow Him to put us on a solid foundation. Here's what that means. Is that we honestly begin to listen to the Word of God and allow the Word of God to speak to us more than anything else in our life. I know that sounds simple. But it's really powerful. There's a lot of voices that are contending for your attention in your life. There's a lot of things that you tune into and turn on that fight for your attention. We let them play in our brains. We listen to them over and over again. But here is what the Spirit of the Lord said through the prophet Haggai. He said, listen, the first thing that has to happen in order for my appropriate order to come is that you've got to be built Upon the foundation of my word, my truth. 
And in our lives, we have to build our life upon the foundation of the truth of the Word of God. That means we've got to be in the Word of God. We've got to spend time listening to the Word of God. We've got to receive the Word of truth as life for us and listen to it as a compass for our life. We've got to begin to shut out the other voices that we're hearing and say, listen, that might not be something that's bringing me into life, and I'm letting it go. I'm going to listen to what the Word of God says. If you're struggling in an area where you haven't seen fruit in, but you know God wants to bless it, ask yourself this question. Are you living that area of your life on the foundation of the Word of God? Are you living your marriage on the foundation of the Word of God? Are you raising your children on the foundation of the Word of God? Are you looking at your future through the lens of the foundation of the Word of God? Are you thinking about your health through the foundation of the Word of God? Are you thinking about your value and your identity through the foundation of the Word of God? Because you won't walk into the things that you know God is calling you to if you are on a foundation that is not firm. And there's only one foundation that's firm. That's the Word of God. The second thing that means is this, is that we have to allow God to align our priorities According to his blessings, we have to begin to set our priorities in line with the word. Once we're set on the word of God, we have to line up our priorities according to that. We're going to do what the word says to do. We're going to follow what the word says to follow. We also have to line up our pursuits according to his purpose. So we have to be built on the foundation of the word. We have to line up our priorities but our pursuits have to follow the Word of God also. That means this, is that when our priorities are lined up with the Word, then we pursue what the Word says to pursue. How does that play out in our life? If I'm walking through forgiveness, an area of forgiveness in my life, and I hear what the Word says, and I make a commitment that I'm going to put my feet upon the Word of God in this area because this has brought pain in my life. I'm tired of walking through unforgiveness or bitterness. I'm tired of walking in that pain. I don't want to deal with this anymore. It's a roadblock in my life. So I'm going to listen to what the Word of God says. And I begin to prioritize my life. And I begin to follow that. I let God line up my priorities. If God says, Andy, you have to begin to forgive. You have to begin to release this. Then I do it. And I follow it. I follow it. Why? Because in that place, it brings blessing. In that place, it brings blessing. Because the reason why God spoke this through Haggai and said, listen, I have an order that Israel, you forgot the order, but if you will put your life upon the foundation of my truth again, here's what will happen is I'll turn things around. I'll turn things around. God in his goodness is always looking to turn things around in our behalf. He is always looking to turn things around in our behalf. He didn't tell Israel this so that he could just rub it in their face. He wasn't trying to be vindictive. He wasn't trying to show them how angry he was. He was letting them know, if you will make an adjustment in your life, I will turn things around for you. And the adjustment that Israel had to make was put God first. Make God the top priority of your life. Put me first. 
Let's continue to look at Haggai here. Haggai 1, 12 through 15. It says this. Then Zerubbabel, son of Sheetel, I'm sorry guys, Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the message, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. And here is the second part of breakthrough that we see from this narrative in Haggai, is that obedience obedience brings the breakthrough. Obedience brings the breakthrough. Because here's the key to obedience, is that obedience moves God, and the Holy Spirit moves us. Obedience moves God, and the Holy Spirit moves us. See, God is not going to fight with us. He will get us in position so that we see Him, and we see Him clearly in His grace and in His mercy. But he is not going to move your feet. He's not going to move your hands. He won't move your mouth. He won't change the direction of your life. He asks you to agree with him in faith, obey him, walk in obedience. And when we do, it moves God's ability to begin to move in our behalf. It empowers the Holy Spirit to begin to move powerfully in our life. Here's what obedience will do. This is what we see the Spirit of the Lord saying through Haggai to the people of Israel. And I want you to capture this. Because what if I told you, what if I told you that maybe that area of stickiness that you're facing and you're saying, God, I really, I really need to see breakthrough. And the, the, the amount of time that you've spent crying and praying and saying, God, when are you going to move? That really maybe the key is obedience. Because here's what obedience did for the people of Israel. This is a spiritual principle here. Is it began to stir their hearts to do God's will. There's something about starting. There's something about taking that first step that unlocks the ability to see the potential of what God has called us to. Here's what happened. Is that as Haggai began to speak these words out, something began to stir in their hearts. And Zerubbabel said, that's right. It is time for us to build the temple. And as they set out, and as God began to stir their hearts in the collective, they began to step out, and it be, the Holy Spirit began to fill them. Began to fill them and began to move them. And as a people of God, listen, we have to have our hearts stirred up for the work of God. We have to have it stirred up as a church, and we have to have it stirred up as individuals. And this is what obedience will do. And, and so when we're asking God and we're, we're saying, God, would you show us? And there's a glimpse of what God wants to do. The first thing that needs to be in our hearts is this, is to say, God, I will obey. The, the, the question is not, how, God, how am I going to do this? Our response needs to be, God, I will obey. 
Because this is what happened to the people of Israel as they said this. That everything that they needed started coming together. Why? Because the one who called them was faithful. And he began to empower them. God understood he wasn't, they weren't going to do this in their own strength and their own ability. That they had to rely upon his resource, the resource of heaven. But it was the obedience to the voice of the prophet, to the voice of God that unlocked. And God began to stir their hearts. I hope you see that. Because in our lives, if we begin to say, God, I will obey and the things that you've called me to, God, I will step out into that, that thing that you've asked me to. I might not understand, but I, I will. It's going to begin to stir our hearts and begin to unlock heaven to move in our behalf. Obedience will bring us into agreement with the Holy Spirit. Being in agreement with the Holy Spirit is essential when it comes to beginning to see breakthrough and walking in the calling that God has for us. God is always asking us to be in agreement with him. Our response needs to be, yes, Lord. We have to be in agreement with it. And then another thing that we see that obedience brought is it brought the unity of the people's hearts together. And this is powerful. Because even though it it was an agreement there by Zerubbabel first to say yes in obedience... That we quickly see that Joshua, his heart, said yes. And then the remnant of the people of God, they said yes. And then God began to join their hearts together. And so this is the question that I have for you. Is that as we look at breakthrough on a personal level, and we begin to say, God, we want to be obedient. And we see how obedience unlocks you moving on our spirit. And obedience unlocks agreement. I also want us to say, God, as a people, as a church... What will obedience do? And I want us to point outside the walls and say, God, in our community, what we see. See, because this is the matter of truth. This is is truth right here. Is that the direction of our community, the direction of our school, the direction of our nation has not been given up to just the leaders of these areas. Not just the superintendents and the mayors and the presidents. No, listen, we have to get our focus right here. The direction of our nation and the direction of our city and the direction of our school, God is saying, I want to sovereignly move. But it takes a people who have first been seated upon the firmness of my truth and then are saying yes in obedience and are coming together and saying, God, when we come in this place, we understand that you begin to open up the resource of heaven and nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Here's the thing. This is, this is the, the, the kind of the, the difference in understanding. Is that when we look at the situations that we face... How do we perceive them? Should we instead maybe, from looking at it from maybe a negative place or from a place where we don't see a lot of upside of, should we begin to say, God, if we would come together and we'd pray and we would ask you and we would seek your face and we would listen 
And when you said something, we would obey. We would begin to move. We would begin to say yes. And we would watch our hearts come together. We would watch you unify our hearts. And we would watch the full magnitude of heaven come down and begin to open up resources to see what you desire to happen on the earth. What would change? See, there would be something in our life that would change. We would begin to see differently. But, but it takes a bit of boldness. Do, 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 do you get that? Do, do, you you kind of capture the magnitude of that. So you got to understand, again, put yourself in the context of the people and the, and the story here. Put yourself in the context of the narrative. It had been almost a decade before the Lord said, I'm bringing you back to Jerusalem to build the temple. And they settled into life as normal. They built their houses. They went about life as the best they understood it. But there was no fruit. There was no blessing. There was no testimony of the God who had exiled them. Now, now stop, stop, stop and think. Please think. Because when God says exile, when God says I'm taking you out of exile, you've you got to understand there's a little bit of history with Israel here. There's a little bit of depth here. See, because this is the same God that, that dramatically rescued them out of Egypt when he decided to exile, to remove them out of exile, out of Egypt. He parted the seas. He brought about his mighty signs and wonders. And there was a display of his power. And so we see this. And so when God speaks this, something in their hearts should be stirred. But yet there was a disconnect in that place. And God said, if you will come back and begin to look to me and put your life upon the foundation of my truth, of my word, I'm going to begin to stir your hearts in such a way that I'm going to return you to the place of blessing. Now, look, let's, let's wrap this up. All right. You guys are saying, man, you're, you're huffing and puffing here, but let, let's bring this together. Haggai 2. Justin, come on up. Six through nine. It's, it's a little bit dangerous talking about stuff like this. Because here the Spirit of the Lord is like doing something very, very powerful. I read and reread and read and reread and, and, and just dug, 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 dug into this. And this is kind of the driving point of what we get to and the purpose of breakthrough. And, and again, if we can just take our attention and think about it from a larger perspective. And thank, thank you for, for just hearing me today and letting the Lord speak to you, okay? Because this is the point. It's, it comes to this point. And we're going to read here in just a second. This is God's desire on the earth. This is what he wants to do on the earth. Haggai 2, 6 through 9, it says this. And this is what the Lord Almighty says. Now, stop. Anytime you hear the word Lord and Almighty put together, it's an emphasis. It's God saying, listen... I know you hear me speaking because he's speaking through the mouth of a prophet. He's speaking through Haggai here. And so as Haggai gets up and says, this is what the Lord 
says. It carries a certain weightiness to it. The people feel it. But when Haggai gets up and goes, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Here's what he's saying. This is what the sovereign creator, the one who is able, says. This is what the Lord Almighty says. He's not just giving this as a command. He's giving this from the position of saying, this is what I want to do through you. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations. And what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. This is the point of breakthrough. This is why we contend for breakthrough. This is why we ask God for breakthrough in our community. Why? Because God desires to make a place for His glory known. Because in the place of His glory, there is freedom. And in the place of His glory, there is peace. And in the place of His glory, there is life. In the place of His glory, darkness cannot stand. He wants to do it in you, and He wants to do it in our house. He wants to do it in you, and He wants to do it in our house. See, the glory of the Lord is not a meeting. The glory of the Lord is something you carry. The glory of the Lord is something that comes out of this place into our cities. The glory of the Lord is something that rides in a police car. The glory of the Lord is something that sits in a classroom as it teaches. The glory of the Lord is something that's in a home as they're raising children, is in a refinery as they're in a workplace. The glory of the Lord goes with you. All right. All right. Let's talk about this really quick. Um, all right. <laughs> you guys, uh, I can get excited about something. Let's talk. This is what the glory of the Lord means. This is what God said, okay? So listen, this is what the glory of the Lord wants to do. He wants to shake off what's dead. He wants to shake off what's dead. The glory of the Lord will shake off what's dead. And I'm not talking about in long conversations. I'm not talking about self-help books. I'm not, I'm not dogging any of those things. Those are all really important. I've read a lot of self-help books and had tremendously long conversations with a lot of people. But when the glory of the Lord shows up, this is what happens is that immediately, immediately, there's an understanding of the reconciliation of Jesus Christ. That there is a good, loving Savior who loved humanity and went to the cross for humanity and conquered death 
for humanity and took and bore sin upon himself for humanity so that man could be free. And in the light of that freedom, deadness is broken. And God is looking for a people to carry that glory. It shakes off what is dead, but it has to be, the deadness has to be shook off of us first. What is old, what is dead has to go. Has to go. The second thing that God said is this, is that He'll fill us, He will fill us with His glory. He'll fill the place up with His glory. Now here's what I want you to hear about this. When God says He fills something, He fills it entirely. And for you and I, this is what this means. On a very practical level, is that God wants to bring us, not just a place of understanding in our hearts, what we call our spirit of His goodness, but He wants to heal your soul. He wants to heal your body. When God says that He fills something, He fills it completely. He fills it completely. He wants to touch every area of your life with His glory. If there is a broken part in your soul, He wants to heal it. If there is a broken area in your body, I know this is a big statement, He wants to heal it. He wants to heal it. He wants to bring you into the understanding of your spirit, of His glory, of His presence, of where He is. This isn't scary. This isn't spooky. This isn't weird. Listen, when we begin to see God for who He is and what He desires to do, it begins to transform and change our life. And all God wants to do is do that in every area of our life. The third thing that He said is this, is that He's going to return blessing. He says, all the silver is mine, all the gold is mine. You know why God said that in Haggai 2? It's because it's a response to Haggai 1 where we started. Because God said, look, you tried this, and everything that you had fell through your fingers. You weren't warm. You couldn't keep your money. Your vineyards didn't yield fruit. But I want you to remember that this is what I desire for you people. Israel, this is what I desire. This is what I desire for you, is that when my glory comes, and you make a place for my glory, that I'm going to begin to bring my blessing. See, I own all the silver, and I own all the gold, and, and stuff isn't a problem for me. But can I tell you what I think this is really speaking to? It's just speaking to redemption. It's speaking to the ability and what God desires to do in our life of taking the areas of our life and redeeming them for His purpose. And see, this deals with the justice of God. Because some of you are sitting in places where you go, God, I've, I've walked through these moments, these painful moments, and, and I know somehow you want to use this for your purpose. And I'm telling you right now that in the presence of God, that's entirely possible. That his justice is so able to come in and to redeem the areas of our life where we've walked through and take the things that at one time seem spoiled and turn them into gold. To take the most broken person and to say, you didn't have a future and a hope, but in me, you do. Wow. What a testimony. 
He's able to redeem. And then finally he says, listen, I will cause you to walk in peace. The glory of the Lord comes and brings us into the place of peace. Into the place of peace. Not a fading peace, not a temporary peace, but an enduring peace. And I'm going to tell you one thing, just speaking personally in my life this year. There's one thing that I've pushed in and, and I'm contending for. And I'm asking God, God, if you want to show up and you want to speak to me in this area, I'm, I want to listen. It's in the place of peace. It's in the place of peace. And God's looking for a people to be a beacon of peace in the community. So what do we do with this? How do we put this together in our life? See, again, maybe it's because I'm, uh, I'm not eating as much food, you know, and my, and laugh a little bit, guys. Come on, just come on. Y'all smile at me, please. My wife's not here. I've got her brother's having a baby today in Houston. So she's up there in Houston, and normally she gives me the eyes like, simmer down, dude, simmer down. So forgive me if I'm over the top. Um, but listen, in the context of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, this is, this is what I want us to, to do with this, is that I want us to set aside some time in our lives to, to give priority to God to speak and order our lives in a real way. Not, not, in a, not in a cheap way, but in a real way. To say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some time in my day to speak to me about putting my life upon the foundation of your truth. And if there's a specific area of your life that you're, you know, you're saying, God, I need you to really speak, then set aside some time to listen. Set aside some time to listen. Let him align your life. Let him speak to you. Let him add Blessing to your life. And then the second thing that we have to do is we have to set our expectation on the possibility of God moving. And this is my prayer for you is this, is that I pray that we begin as a people to say, God, would you begin to expand our hearts for more? Would you begin to expand our hearts for more? More of you, of course, God, but to be able to see and understand what you want to do in our lives. To call us into the bigness of, of what you're saying for us. To begin to look at our community and say, God, we want to begin to see our community through the lens of what you're saying. Expand our hearts in that place. Expand our hearts in that place. And then finally, make a commitment to walk in what he says to do. It's not difficult. God will resource us. The Holy Spirit will resource us in obedience to do what he's called us to do. But our act of obedience and saying yes begins to move God's heart. And we need the courage to say yes when God says to move. Amen. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, that as we hear the word today, that Holy Spirit, we begin to listen to you and let you 
establish our lives upon the truth of who you are. Lord, as a people, Father God, we, we stop and we give priority to you. And we ask you to begin to align our lives upon the truth of what you're saying. God, we know that one word from you, one word from you, can change the situation of any area of our life. And God, I'm asking right now that you begin to speak. Lord, as you're stirring hearts in this place, God, I pray that you begin to speak. And give us the courage to plant our feet upon the truth of what you're saying. To step into obedience so that we can begin to see the glory of the Lord in that area of our life. God, we give you first priority. We give you first priority. Lord, not just in this season, but every season. This morning, you might be sitting here and you might say, look, there's some things that I've tried to figure out and I've wrestled with in my own strength and my own power. And I realized I can't do it. And just right where you sit, you don't have to raise your hand, you don't have to do anything. But before the Lord, just say, God, I'm taking these things out of my hands. And I'm planting my life upon the truth of your word. Holy Spirit, begin to speak to us. Begin to move. Begin to reset. Father, I pray also that you begin to give us vision, Father God, for our community. It's easy sometimes to be lulled asleep, to be comfortable. But God, we know that you want to do more in our community. Father, we know that you want to move in a bigger way in our community. Father, and as a people, we're asking you, let this be a house where your glory is. Father, so that those who are, are broken can be mended. Those who are bound can be set free. Those who are hurt can be healed. Father, give us eyes, Lord God, to see. Father, begin to expand our hearts in a greater way to the truth of what you're saying. Lord, in our community, in our world today, Father, I thank you, Lord, for calling and raising up people. Lord, for such a moment as this. Holy Spirit, I pray that you begin to Stir, just as you did with the people of Israel, begin to stir our hearts to the truth and the understanding of your glory, God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Why don't you stand to your feet? Again, I want to just remind you, invite you out tomorrow morning at 6.30. It's early. Yep. It's going to be cold. 
Uh, I'll have coffee for me. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to mess with anybody who's not drinking coffee. Um, the Lord didn't tell me to give up coffee. <laughs> or I didn't listen. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Uh, and I want to encourage you to come out Wednesday at 7. And I want to encourage you to come out Saturday at 9.30. And I want to encourage you to set time aside this week to pray. And to ask God. Say, God, just prioritize my life under your truth. If you're struggling in your marriage, say, God, prioritize my marriage under your truth. I'm willing and obedient to do what you ask me to do. If you're struggling with your kids, say, God, I can't fix this. Moms, dads, you want to fix it, don't you? You want to fix it. You want to reach out. Moms, you want to reach out your hand and grab and bring them close, but you, you can't. But the Spirit of the Lord is saying this. Begin to line up under my priority and I'll do the work. I'll do it. I'll do it. It's not weird, guys. Don't worry. I'm just telling you. Listen, this is what God wants to do. And as we begin to seek, God is going to move. I'm telling you. He's going to move. He's going to move. He's going to begin to move mountains. And there's going to be testimonies coming out of this place that are going to begin to blow minds. Amen. Amen. So, Father, I just declare your grace upon every person. I thank you, Lord, for the truth of who you are. Lord, let it be true and real to each one of us. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. We love you. Look forward to seeing you this week at some point.